conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can follow Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram at Welcome to Geekdom and on Twitter at Geekdom Pod. There are links to those in the show notes. You can also support the show on Patreon, where I will be releasing bonus content for this podcast and my other podcast, Chat Cemetery. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. There are links to all of those things in the show notes, so be sure to do that. It is a huge help for the show, and I really appreciate it. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and I am joined once again by Katie Schaefer. We are talking all about Adani Kate's comic book again. This time, we are discussing Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is five issues, not too long. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a perfect five issues, like just the right length of what it's doing. Yeah, and we were talking before we hit record here, we're kind of going a little backwards through some of Donnie Kate's work because we previously discussed Silver Surfer Black and that came out in 2019, I believe. This is 2018. And just for some quick background, Cosmic Ghost Rider was actually created by Donnie Cates and Jeff Shaw in Thanos number 13, which came out in January of 2018. So he was Thanos's right-hand man, and we get a little bit of origin in that Thanos run. But here in this comic is really when we see Frank Castle coming into his own, I guess you could say, as Cosmic Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I haven't read, I think this is actually the first comic series I've read with Frank Castle as the main person. Okay. I know, I know about him. I've seen at least one of the many movies. I've seen a couple episodes of the show. So I was like, well, this will be interesting to jump right it to like the crazy back end of his experience as a being. It's nice that he's a very simple character and it tells you, you know, his family was killed. He's on a vengeance quest go. Yeah, that first issue, you have like two pages of recap. It's like, here's Frank's backstory and go. It's not like when we revisit Uncle Ben's storyline or even, you know, in Batman with Bruce's parents. We're not revisiting Crime Alley for the 1800th time. (laughs) Right. It's a short and sweet. Yes. And it was just nice to get that because that means... Pretty much anyone can kind of jump into this. You get context along the way, like why the Guardians are not the Guardians we're used to kind of thing. Because I was taking notes and I was like, that's new. You know, you have Kamala Khan as Captain Marvel. You have Cable leading (laughs) them. Yeah, old man Cable. Okay, yes. Old man Cable, for sure. Uh, Did you notice that... Iron Rocket. He's wearing a suit made out of Groot. I was like, yep. all right, I really want to know more about this. <laughs> what's going on here. Jugger Duck. <laughs> Jugger Duck. I saw that. I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then I read it and I was kind of like, all right, yes, I'm okay. I'm on board. I'm on board because that's so bizarre. So bizarre. And I think it seems like just from that first one, you get the sense that um, Donnie Cates it's just so inventive. And he is just going buck wild in this story. 
Yeah, and I have really, really enjoyed that because it's letting these characters just sort of show a different side to them because we obviously know who Frank Castle is. We know Frank Castle is Punisher. And the way they play with that in this comic, and instead we get Punisher Thanos, you know, <laughs> which... Gosh. I didn't think Thanos could be more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, or just like somehow worse. Yeah. But he is in in this, and it's it's just so well done. I loved that, that it's like, because I, I recently read uh, Rick Remender's um, series of X-Force where they kind of do this, uh, the X-Force tries to do the same kind of thing with um, Apocalypse. And it was like, it was like, oh no, I could see how Apocalypse, you could maybe, maybe reform, not Thanos, not with the backstory, because, you know, for those who aren't aware this Thanos is not, um, he's in love with death. So that's why he does all of this killing. It's not as, there's still some of the moral things of it, but it is much more complicated in the comics than it is in the MCU. Yeah, and this gives us a good look at what the Marvel Universe would sort of be like had this timeline happened. Because we have, you know... Odin basically turning Frank Castle into the cosmic ghost rider, which was pretty cool because it shows you the power of Odin too. And with issue two, you're confronting Galactus. Baby Thanos is already in the picture. And I have to give baby Thanos some credit because he said, look, big sky baby. Yes. And I cannot unsee those words in relation to <laughs> the watcher. So it was just so fun. And even though this was like a very serious, hey, you are going to screw things up even more if you do this. And you know, fate is fate, you can't mess with it. It was a very serious subject matter. But there were so many comedic moments in this. Right. I, I just love that Uatu's line when he comes in. He's like, I'm about to watch you make the biggest possible mistake that anyone could ever make and then face immediate consequences for it. It was just, oh, the comedic, even though it, like the timing in this is so well, so well planned. Like, like you said, because it is mashing up these two very harsh concepts about grief and guilt and uh, shame up against this entirely, you know, pitch black sense of humor that very, it feels like if you're not going to laugh, you're going to go completely insane as he already, you know, pretty much is at that point. It felt almost Deadpool, but less wacky. Yeah, and I want to give them credit for like the final pages in each issue, because when you're reading single issues, it is super important to have those cliffhangers to keep people, you know, buying the next issue. And with this, in issue one, you have Frank becoming Cosmic Ghostwriter. Issue two, you have the cable reveal. Issue three, you have the Punisher Thanos reveal, you know, and issue four, you kind of have these big fights and we see Frank's grave. And you have just these powerful moments that these issues are all ending on and these powerful images too, because yes, we've seen Cable before, but we hadn't seen Punisher Thanos before or Cosmic Ghost Rider in that if you had read the Thanos comic, obviously that's different. But within the context of this comic, they're hitting you with all of those reveals 
at the very end. And even though there's stuff like Jugger Duck and the fact that Jubilee is part of the Guardians. Yes. Enough said. You have a lot of other reveals throughout the issues. But yeah, and the fight scenes too, like they're just so, so good because Frank fights everyone in issue three. Everyone. He is out for blood. And, you know, he gives baby Thanos to the watcher and is like, here you go. Watch him. Don't let him see this. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't work. No. Dylan Burnett does such a great job making the fight scenes dynamic with lots of movement from panel to panel. And I always love it when artists issue the traditional panel style. And he absolutely does, as is pretty common these days. But everything feels so dire. And he's great at representing multiple scenes. Like there's, I think, a spread uh, when he is fighting everybody ever. And you can see him battling, you know, he's cutting Pyro in half and then he's punching the Hulk. And it's just beautifully laid out and also funny. Mm-hmm. How it's being portrayed. It's <laughs> yeah. almost it's almost like that, you know, what is it called? A bracket? <laughs> is who's going to, who's Punisher going to defeat next? Oh, everybody. Or Cosmic Ghost Rider, excuse me. Absolutely. And even the colors from Antonio Fabella, spot on. You know, we talked about this with Silver Surfer Black, how they sort of made things look psychedelic at times and how they did a great job with Ego in particular. And these comics are just so good. You know, visually, they stand out much more than a lot of other Marvel Mm -hmm. comics that you'll typically read. And that's not a knock against Marvel by any means. We all kind of know that Marvel and DC have a look to their comics, especially throughout the decades. Yeah. You definitely can tell what like a 50s Marvel comic looks like versus a 90s Marvel comic even. And, you know, the 90s really felt like the Todd McFarlane era for a lot of comics. The era of lots of pockets all over the place (laughs) and tiny feet. Yeah. And I think what they've allowed creators to do a lot more recently anyway, is make these characters their own. Because yes, there's still the issue of, okay, work for hire, you're creating these characters, and other people are going to eventually write them. We haven't seen that with Cosmic Ghost Rider just yet, I don't think. But you can tell that this is a very compelling character from the start. Mm -hmm. And like we said, five issues, not a lot. And You know, I know some of these episodes are going to be shorter because of that, but I really think there's still a lot to pull out of these. And we see in issue four, Frank still ends up dead in the end, just in a different way in this timeline because of how Thanos was raised. So (laughs) Thanos was not different. He was just getting his point across in a slightly different way. Right. And just the concept of, okay, well, we'll have Frank Castle raise Thanos to be a better person. I don't, Frank, Frank. I mean, or as, as I love that, all of the, uh, all of the gods and the big beings in this call him Francis. I just love that. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's like, sir, you are not thinking at all clearly or making any sense right now, because in what world does that happen? You know? And I like that that plays out 
that it's not some, you know, Frank doesn't magically turn around and change everything to be Thanos. He can only be what he is. And I like that they keep up with that. And we see the logical progression of what if Frank Castle raised Thanos. (laughs) They do trick you for a brief moment in issue four, though, because we see Punisher Thanos show up at the end of issue three, and then they Uh go through the portal. And you just see how beautiful the landscape is. And then it's like you kind of pan to the the left. It's just like, oh, that's that's darkness. It literally kind of looked like Gotham, (laughs) to be honest. It does. It does. Except the giant Thanos statue, but yes, I was was like, oh, it's all sad over there. (laughs) Because of course it is. And Frank is furious because, yes, Frank is much more of an anti-hero than an actual hero because he's just going around killing people. And even though overall this gave us a different look at Frank, at the core, Frank is still the same. And that's the same with Thanos. So, yes, these characters are different than the versions we know, but at their core, these characters are always going to be this way, unless it's a what-if issue. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think that people can only change so much, and Marvel's pretty good about recognizing that. I love how they play with destiny in this, because Frank changes a little bit at the end in this incremental way mm-hmm. and and in that he learns like you have to give up on this idea that you can make amends through brute force and that feels like a natural growth for the character without dramatically you know turning him into something he definitely is not yeah you can't change destiny just because you want to even in marvel comics and i think holding the line there is great because if he had just been able to change things, it's like, well, why didn't someone do this from the start kind of thing? Yeah. And despite how much power he has as Cosmic Ghost Rider, you know, Galactus just scours through his head (laughs) and he's fine. Well, depends on your definition of fine. But then we see him destroy Thanos too with his power and return baby Thanos to titan and to have that much power in a sense we're still kind of glad it's with frank and it's not someone like thanos who has that power at that moment even though thanos obviously is extremely powerful but if cosmic ghost rider can defeat him then it's like okay cool (laughs) yeah yeah at least somebody can and i i think that's what i love about we talked about this a little bit last time that's what i love about the cosmic universe is how epic the power levels at play here are because it means that you're like you get to play with some pretty top tier folks like Galactus, Thanos, Silver Surfer and somehow I think Kate's has managed to tell these stories that are big huge huge Stories, you know, in Silver Surfer Black, he's literally saving the multiverse. <laughs> but it it comes across as it's this very personal story about grief and adjustments and all of that. And in this, it's similar themes, but it's about you know killing the Mad Titan, which is going to be have huge rippling effects on everything. So it's and yet it it still feels like such a small story mm-hmm. most of the time. Not not quite as much as in Silver Surfer because you know he does fight a hundred and some odd Marvel character, <laughs> Marvel heroes. 
and murder brutally murders all of them. <laughs> Just all of them dead. Yeah. It is something else to see when you see that happening because we know Frank doesn't normally let people get in his way, but mm-hmm. he's not out here killing Captain Marvel, Captain America, you know, Hulk and all of these heroes because he understands that there's a place for him and there's a place for them. And they serve two very different purposes. And I've been watching Dexter lately, the new season, and Dexter is kind of like Frank Castle in a sense because I could see it. He's just out there killing the bad guys. And in his mind, someone has to do it. And I think it's the same with Frank. He's like doing it for revenge. You know what? Dexter's wife is killed too. So th- there's lots of parallels to Dexter and Frank Castle. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that makes sense. And he worked for the cops. So. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, my little tangent aside, Katie, is there anything else you want to bring up with Cosmic Ghost Rider? I'm having a lot of fun diving into these. I am too. And it's something that's it's awesome to kind of read it as it's coming out. I mean, I know this is a few years old at this point, but that's that's practically brand new in comics, folks. I mean... Especially with the way the last two years have gone. <laughs> exactly, with how releases have been. So it's exciting to read all of this stuff, and it's exciting to see something that's so different from, like, what the MCU has to offer. And I'm a huge MCU fan, don't get me wrong. But, like, the biggest thing I love about comics is how fucking weird they can be. <laughs> And this is just the best kind of weirdness. So I am super happy that we get to talk about it. Hopefully we'll talk about another one. We absolutely will. And I love when Marvel and DC both do these sort of contained stories. And obviously Cosmic Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider started in Thanos. We have this and then we're kind of led into Guardians of the Galaxy after this. But it still is something you can read issue one to issue five of this. And Mm -hmm. you don't need to have read Thanos and the character's very first appearance to understand. And granted, because so many characters were introduced decades ago, you don't need to read all of their first appearances either. But how many times, like I said, has the Uncle Ben storyline been rehashed over and over again? And I like these short little things that just give you a deep dive into a character for a little bit, and then you're out, whether it's five issues, six issues, seven issues, 12 issues, basically anything under 12. I'm like, yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Something you can really, and especially when it's something like this that gets in into deep ideas. It is not just a so-and-so fight, you know, Magneto and Charles Xavier have a philosophical debate or something and with fighting and like, this gets into just some weird and wild stuff, and that is so great for little ones because it's for shorter runs because you could just pick it up, read through it, and you've just had your mind blown for 30, 40 minutes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Katie, do you have any recommendations today? Yes. I have been watching the Wheel of Time show on Amazon Prime, and I'm a huge Wheel of Time fan. I read the books, and um, and I would definitely say give it a chance, especially if you like high fantasy and especially if you like shows that have a lots of uh, strong women and interesting women characters in them. It's a good time. Yeah, I am going to 
hopefully check that out soon. I am in the middle of watching Homeland, which I have like three and a half seasons left still. So we'll see. And I also started Midnight Mass. So I'm a couple episodes in on that. But thankfully, that's only seven episodes. Right. So much less of a time commitment. But I want to recommend Tom King's Mr. Miracle, because it is kind of out there like this and Silver Surfer Black have been. I apologize if I already recommended it, but I'm doing it anyway, because that's how good it is. And, you know, Mr. Miracle isn't a character I ever really connected with or read a ton about before reading that. But because it was a 12 issue limited thing, I knew we were getting one story and that was sort of it. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And Mr. Miracle is such a weird character, (laughs) but I loved it. And if I'm not mistaken, Tom King also is doing or just finished like Strange Adventures. So he's someone on the DC front who is kind of getting to do some of these other kinds of stories that aren't super tied to what's going on in Batman, what's going on in Superman or Wonder Woman. And it kind of felt like this, even though we got a bunch of characters from the Marvel Universe Cosmic Ghost Rider wasn't really tied to the big ongoing books. Yeah. Feels like it's its own thing that's going on in the infinite multiverse. Yeah. Well, I, for one, have been really enjoying doing these comic book episodes. I'm not going to stick strictly with comics going forward, even though I've really loved talking about them. I do still want to get creators on and stuff like that. But Since this is our first episode of the new year, I just want to run down some things with the show. I'm planning to do some theme months. Katie, I know I just discussed one with you briefly before we hit record. It'll be very exciting, folks. And I just kind of want to maybe plan this out a little more in advance, like I did with Chat Cemetery, instead of being like, oh, I need an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Every podcaster's uh, dilemma is, oh, it's that time to post again. (laughs) Yeah. So just a little behind the scenes here for all of you. Sometimes you're like, oh, I didn't plan enough episodes. And then you have like one banked and you're like, okay, okay. So that means I might not get to stuff that is super timely. Like it's the beginning of 2022 and I have not done a Spider-Man episode. But to be fair, at the time of us recording this, Spider-Man isn't even out yet for a lot of people or it's out tonight, technically, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's day one. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know how I'm feeling about movie theaters right now, to be honest. Same. Much less crowded ones, because this is like the only time when at least the theater I've been going to gets crowded. It's when like a Marvel, DC or Star Wars movie drops. Yep. And it's Christmas time. And next week here, most kids are going to be out of school. So the the theaters are going to just be swamped. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully you all stick around and enjoy what I have coming up with the show. You can expect to hear Katie's voice many more times on it, I'm sure. Hey, thanks, everyone. 